0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. Yesterday sucked. That's why I'm wearing, if you're on the stream right now, a Philadelphia Water Dogs sweatshirt. Because that is the only team right now, because they haven't started, that can't break our hearts. So we're all Water Dog fans. Go ho. Last night sucked. We don't need to say much more about it. We need to bring on Kevin Kincaid and we need to bring on our guest today, John Jansen, because we just got to we got to exercise the demons um, because it's it's really interesting. I know, Kev, you wrote on the site, like if we, we have to like, exercise, we have to exercise them, like do a workout with them. Uh, I don't actually, work out. I can't do exercise. That. Do I have to do I have to pronounce the O better? Are you telling me this? <laughs> we have to exercise the demons. We have to do a uh, tie bow with them. Um right or you were on the site being like yo, three and two before the season, you take it ten and three going to Seattle, you take it. Mm-hmm. The only problem is the two losses came to NFC opponents, and now we lost the number one seed and the division seed. Obviously, we went one and two with the one one and one with the cowboys, so yeah, there was yeah. a win sprinkled in there. It's just like we anyone who listens to this program knows like we don't really take the whole Negadelphia angle. If you want to go full Negadelphia today, I am all for it. I am. I, this is a day where I wish we had Angelo Gataldi back. I'll say it. No.
1: Well, I always do. I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, you are a Gataldi guy. Yeah, I'm a Gataldi I'm a guy.
2: Well, John's a, John's a radio guy, so he kind of has to have his his, you <laughs> yeah. know, his, his uh, comrades. You know, they have to they have to back each other all the time. <laughs> yeah,
1: even though even though they usually don't. Uh, but I, yeah, it's I'm I'm worried. It's and it's not it's not that they lost the two games against the NFC. It's it's how they're losing these games and how they were kind of skating by in the wins. And we were like, they're still ten and one. They're fine. No, no reason to worry. And then everybody well, else is telling skating.
0: us, Johnny, they weren't skating by.
1: What do you mean they weren't skating by? Like they weren't skating
0: by mean? in the winds. Like that 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 Chiefs win's a good win. That
1: Bills win's a good win.
2: Fifty nine yard it field is. goal in the rain you know, to tie it it's, and it's send it to wins, overtime. But what
1: I'm saying is they they weren't winning the right areas of the game. Like it was stuff that was gonna catch up to them if they didn't fix it. And we all thought, well, they're winning, and as long as they keep winning, it's fine. And you know, they can fix all this stuff eventually. But eventually your third down defense has to be good at some point. Eventually your red zone defense has to be good at some point. Eventually, your third down offense has to be good and not turn the ball over the way that they did. So all these things were happening and they were still winning. We we're going, okay, still Buffalo Bills, good win. Kansas City, good win. And they were, and I I agree with you, but all of the issues that happened in those games didn't. Cause any problems, and now down the line, and I think in those two games we've seen that they are they are going to be issues, and you can't you can't win like that. They can't win with with losing those small margins because that's how I mean that's how teams lose a bunch of games, and I think the Eagles are doing that right now. What about their resiliency? You know, you love to see a team who's resilient. Yeah, you know, absolutely. winning ugly is a big thing. Winning winning <laughs> ugly is a thing, but also you have to play well at some point, and they're not play they weren't playing well in winning. And that's, that's always a good thing. And I think that speaks to the talent with the Eagles. There is a talent gap from, I think, even the Eagles to, let's just say, the rest of the NFC's, I mean, the, the other two teams are really good. San Francisco and Dallas have great rosters. But, you know, we've seen there is a talent gap between the Eagles and even the Kansas City Chiefs and the Eagles and some of the other top teams in the league. But that's, that's not going to win you games all the time. Eventually, you have to just start playing well, and they aren't. And you can – Blame it on on whatever you want. You can blame it on the coordinators. You can blame it on Sirianni. You can blame it uh, on any number of guys on the offense. I think it's everything. I think everything's an issue right now. I think the offensive line's bad. Wide receivers aren't playing well. Jalen Hurts isn't playing well. Uh, Offensive line's not blocking well. Defensive line, that was the big worry for me is they got bullied, and especially the interior defensive line where they have all this depth and great players like Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox and all that. I mean, they at least made a play, which is the biggest play of the game for the Eagles in that scoop and score. But other than that, they got bullied. And so it's it it is it is a worry to me that even though they are resilient and I think that the talent does win at times, you can't win with the the things that they're losing and the areas that they're losing at, like third down and red zone and turnovers too. They're losing the turnover battle. You can't continue to win the NFL like that. And I think we're starting to see. That. I think they're
0: talented in spite of the coordinators. I
1: Absolutely. think they're 10
0: and three because of the talent on this team. And I think the coordinators Nick Sirianni included, are absolute dog shit. And I'm really excited to see who writes the article, if any beat reporter writes the article, because I feel like we're going to get maybe in the next year. You know how Jonathan Gannon came out and was like, oh, my God, Nick Sirianni told me that they're not going to have a job unless he gives the play calling to Shane Sykin. I wouldn't be shocked right now if Nick Sirianni has too much of an input on the game plan right now. Because it feels just like that 9-8 and season where it was just no creativity. The offense stunk. Jalen looked lost out there. There's something going on in that building where it's either that he doesn't trust Brian Johnson and maybe Brian Johnson stays on and they look like a totally different offense next year when he does have more trust in him. But there is something going on because I think, what, they're last in motion. The offense is vanilla. They keep doing those deep routes, and that's why I think kind of why the offensive line doesn't look that good. But it's also uh, they they sent what six seven guys on a third down. Jalen has to throw it before the sticks to Devonte Smith. They don't get that. They don't get that on like third and seven, third and eight, whatever it was. Dallas did that like five times last night too. It was yeah. Like it you, was know like,
2: you know it's coming. Yeah yeah. 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 And it's
0: also like there's so much to pick apart. You want to yell at that and then John Jansen. I saw you tweeting like Jalen Hurts does have to step up in the pocket. Like we've been talking about that even before his MVP campaign last year. We talked about that as his, his, his second season in the league. Like. But if I had to, like, boil it down to something and I'm a guy who likes who, – I need an answer. I can't be like 2 – I'm not Kevin. I can't be two things can't be true. Two <laughs> things cannot be true in my mind. One thing has to be true, and it's the fact that I think this team is so talented and they're winning in spite of the coordinators.
1: And it are could a, be. It could – that could be. Are you a religious,
0: religious person, Pagan? Uh, I did go to Catholic school. I've been I. to yeah. church uh, probably – could count on one hand since I left high school. Okay. See, well, I'm agnostic.
2: I'm agnostic, so I, you're right. I don't need the answers. Like, oh, what happens when we die? I don't know. I'll find out when we die. Right? It's it works for me. Like, I'm I'm satisfied. I don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't hey, need that's appropriate problem.
1: for this day. I'm sure. I'm sure. On a on a Monday after a loss like that, these conversations need to be.
2: <clears> speaking of which, I felt like I was gonna die watching that game. No, um, oh, horrible. But I, yes, I am okay without having having um, the answer. I, I we, but that's why it's so hard to you know, to appropriately, uh, it's like what we were talking about with Kaplan, man. It's like, how do you know where to assign, you know, blame and credit, right? It's like the, the Reich and Filippo thing that Russ was up our asses about years ago. He was a Reich and DiFilippo truther where it's like, Doug Peterson really isn't doing anything. You know, it's the other guys who have have all the, are responsible for the offense. But, you know, Frank Reg wasn't the guy who called plays. So, again, the best that we could render that argument was N.A., not applicable, because unless you were, like, sitting in the, in the quarterback room in the game planning room, then you just don't have enough information to make a, you know, any kind of realistic judgment call on that. It's the same thing here, man. I mean, because you you pointed it out last week on Reddit, man, when Spadaro came out and he said, this is very much Nick Sirianni's offense, you know? So how much of it is like Nick Sirianni giving Brian Johnson a palette of plays and say, pick from this versus, you know, Brian Johnson not doing a good job of picking from what he's given. You know, like we're never going to be. That's such a, like a dead end topic to me because it's, it's interesting to talk about, but we're never going to have <clears throat> any kind of like definitive information on that at all. No, Sky, but I we, but we do
1: know that Shane Steichen's good. Like Shane we Steichen's having that. success with with Gardner Minshew as a starting quarterback. Anthony, 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 Richardson, Anthony Richardson was supposed to be a project and he looked incredible in the first few weeks that he played. Would you like
0: to out. keep any praise on the other side of the ball uh, who left us? I've been, I've been
1: always been a, Ga- I to say I'm a Gannon guy. It's just that I never <laughs> thought he was as bad as everybody made him out to be. I'll take and it. I look. I don't. I don't know if the size any good or not. I because you. I mean, you're right. I think some of this is coordinator stuff. They they don't. They're not adjusting well to anything teams are throwing at them, and I think offensively, that's more applicable here. Defensively, I don't even think it's that. I think linebackers are so terrible, and also Bradbury's just regressed to a point that he he shouldn't even be out there. He's so bad. If only they had somebody to replace him, but they don't because Ringo came in for a snap, and Ringo had one of the most rare plays I've ever seen. Where he <laughs> got called for awesome. two penalties in one play. By the way, did you see the pass
2: rush that. on that play, Jansen, where they had Hassan Reddick standing yeah. up at defensive tackle, and then whoever was on the left like moro or somebody slipped and got double teamed i think it was like a one-man rush i think it it was like a one like a one-man rush
1: so it i mean it's i hate to say it pegan because you're like you need to assign blame to something and i agree you know we got to boil it down at some point but (laughs) i i think for, for defensively it is scheme a little bit it is decide i don't think having any answers but also i mean talent wise they the defense was a concern coming into the year it's a pro- it's a full on problem now. Yeah, uh, their interior defensive line isn't playing nearly as well. Jalen Carter, I I think he's playing well enough, but ne- nearly not as good as he was in the beginning of the year. Uh, they're not getting as much pressure. Josh Sweat's playing somewhat well, and Hassan Reddick, but we've seen the third down rate pressures and sacks that they've had. They're not getting any sacks on third down, which is the biggest down, of course, in the NFL, and they're not doing anything. And then you know, I, I think their linebackers are just giving up so many easy yards. I, I the play that really sticks out in my mind, and I, I remember tweeting it out because that's when it came to me like, man, they're just giving up the easiest yards and it's it's not working for them. It was Tony Pollard. It was an easy, just in the flat. It was a check down and he comes up. I think it was Morrow and Morrow has a chance to make this just a two yard gain. It ends up being four or five yards and the Cowboys get an easy first down off of a check down like that kind of stuff that you can't work with that. That kind of stuff loses you games over and over again. If you can't end up tackling guys. And I think the Cowboys made those plays very well. Where they weren't giving up extra yards, it, even if they were, it was minimal. And the Eagles just give up so many extra yards; they give up easy first downs because of it, and they give up easy conversions that the teams just end up thriving on. So I, I think bet. the Eagles' defense, I think it's a bit of both. Offense, I think we, it might just be Brian Johnson,
2: though. Do you guys want to go? It sounds like you guys want to do macro to start. Do you want to talk about specific plays in the game, or do you want to do like bigger picture here? Because I thought there were two moments. There were two moments from the game that I picked out that New I thought.
0: You are a messiah. I know you're agnostic right now, but you are Moses. (laughs) Moses was a guy. Yeah. yeah, Moses was a guy who led the Egyptians uh, 40 days and 40 nights to the desert. That's right.
2: Um, So, okay. First things first, when they got the defensive touchdown and they cut it to 2113 before the field goal, the play that Dak made where he threw to Turd Ferguson and Sidney Brown was there. That was just a great play, man. Like I give them credit for that, you know, because the coverage was there, and that could they converted that on third and seven, I want to say. And that would have that was a momentum killer. And to me, that was probably the game right there. But when they come back down, the thing that I think infuriated me more than anything last night was they come back down. Yeah, there it is. Thank you, Craig, for pulling that up. The third and that six creation to turd Ferguson it was a backbreaker. The Eagles sent the house. Dak made a great throw. Sidney Brown was right there. Yeah, that's hand up, just a tough conversion by them. Um the sequence, I thought, offensively, that really killed me. You talk about the the fumbles and, um, you know, whatever, right? But when they had um, – they got close to the red zone. I don't know if they're technically in the red zone or not. They go first down, they lose a yard. So you're in second 11. Then you've got Devontae Smith, end zone shot, like right off his fingers. It was right – and that would have been huge, right? It would have got it back to one score game, like I guess, at that point, right? But now what? You miss the second down – shot and you're sitting there in third and 11 so you know your failure to do anything on first down you know that that's not a down and distance second 11 is not a down and distance where you take an end zone shot or a deep shot or anything like that we've seen them do that a bunch of times this year if you get some yardage on first down say you get it to second and five or something you come back you throw over the end zone you just miss smitty that's fine come back pick up three or four, maybe on third down, get it to third and one, third and two, or, or get it to, you know, fourth and one, fourth and two, you can push push or you can go for it on short yardage there. But instead they got themselves behind the sticks, third and 11, and then they threw what? Two like short yardage, like, you know, four yard, five yard things that went nowhere. That fourth and eight was an abomination, man. Just an abomination because you knew exactly what was coming and you knew that they were sending the house. Jalen's throwing off his back foot. If he leads Devontae Smith there, he probably gets to the boundary and probably gets a first down. But it was predictable, man. They they knew exactly. Everybody was watching that. The three of us knew what Dallas was going to do there. Yeah. The Eagles had to have known what Dallas was going to do there. And they got to come back with a better set of play calls. The, the situational shit in the red zone looks like the beginning of the year, man. Looks like the Patriots game. Looks like the Vikings game. It looks like that kind of stuff where it's like you're getting yourself behind the chains, and then you're just kind of flinging shit at the wall because it's like, oh, all of a sudden we're at 3rd and 11 here. Why are you in 3rd and 11? Because you lost a yard on first down, and you went for an end zone shot on second down. So you did that to yourself. You know, you did that to yourself, you know, when you're going for these high risk, high, high reward, you know, go routes and little, you know, uh, end zones, 20, 20 plus yard kind of, kind of thing. So I think that's what killed me more than anything, more, more than the fumbles and what I was like when they did get down there and they had a chance at that point in the game, you know, to me, that was the opportunity. And that, it was, to me, it was over after that.
0: The Cowboys played with so much swagger too like it was like you could you could watch it on the TV and know that like they were just so much more confident yeah than the Eagles and like for a guy like Nick Sirianni who preaches like dog mentality and competitiveness and all this stuff like i don't i'm i'm going to go full radio right now like <laughs> is Nick Sirianni like losing the locker room like this it's so it's so bad how unprepared they came out the last two weeks that it's like again i gotta point some fingers i gotta go full negadelphia like is is he starting to kind of like lose them in a way like fletcher cox came out after the game was like we're gonna see who the real leaders are uh other guys are like i'm not worried like darius darius slay who be called darius slay until he does something big play slay that warrants his nicknames play <laughs> darius came out and said That he was like not worried. A couple other guys like, yeah, we're not worried. How are you not worried? You just lost to the two best teams. Your measuring stick in the NFC, and you got your doors blown off. So six one zero six three two is
2: Nick Sirianni (laughs) losing the locker? Yeah, but what was the quote from? I think Derek Gunn came out and he said that didn't he have like a player? Yeah, Yeah, it said that the the offense
1: was predictable. Yeah.
2: yeah and our our roots routes are passing you know uh schemes that everything's long developing or whatever I mean we've all been saying that you know so at least it's nice to know that they internally are thinking a lot of the stuff that the fans are are identifying with our own two eyes you know um Again, man, I I hate to do it because I went to this well last week, but I just I think it's true. I, it's to me, it's not that they lost; it's how they lost, and mm-hmm. that was like yeah. you have a, a shit burger against San Fran, you come back and you play tough against Dallas and lose. So be it. I mean, we sat here on the show last week, right? I mean, Anthony picked Dallas to win. I picked Dallas to win. I think you had the Eagles, Kyle, but even then, I think it was close. So no, I didn't expect them to go down there and win, but I didn't expect that. Right? I didn't no. expect that two weeks in a row. So that's what the concern is. That's why I wrote when I wrote that column this morning. I said that in this five-game stretch, yeah, they came out of it three and two, but the losses were a lot uglier, and then the wins were pretty, you know. And so that's why you can affix all these asterisks, asterisks, excuse me, to it. Um, but you know, I, again, it's like an exercise here in like rhetorical questions. You know, if, if I if I told everybody going into the stretch that they would come through Dallas, Casey, Buffalo, San Fran, Dallas, three and two. You know, in, on surface, in a vacuum, most of us would have taken that, mm-hmm. you know? But look at the look at the actuality of what happened in those games. Mm-hmm. They need a prayer to get the overtime, to be Buffalo at home, give up a ton of points. Casey, they had to pitch a miracle second half shutout, you know, Vadas scaling drops, what should have been a touchdown, right? I mean, Dallas game, the offense did jack shit in the fourth quarter, the first Dallas game, and they probably should have, if Dak made one more play, that would have been a home loss there, too, so... So, yeah, I mean, the tot- the the totality of all of that, I think, is what's what's concerning, you know, and it's not I mean, it, But it's nothing that nobody saw. I mean, we all sat here and watched them kind of get, getting through with with a lot of luck and just making big plays at, at big moments. And when that dried up, that dried up in a big way. So I'm not about yeah. to cr- crown all the negative people to be to be right. I mean, because we're all saying the same things. But still watching them lose the way they did, I think, is what killed it. You know.
1: Yeah, I, I think for me, it's just we we were hearing the chatter. You know, just outside of Philadelphia. You know, I'm I'm starting to become big numbers guy in the NFL analytics, and you know they were they were getting beat. You know, in terms of EPA per play in these games before. And turnovers were happening, and you know the luck rating was very high. Yeah. And for me, even to a point, you know, I guess just a little bit of bias as an Eagles fan, but I just pushed that all side. I'm like, look, they're ten and one, really talented. You know, at some point, it's going to get fixed, and they're winning. But you know, it, it just was over and over again. Hey, look, this is going to come up and, and catch up to them very quickly. It's going to happen at some point. Just wait for it. The luck's going to run out. The Eagles aren't going to win these games. They're not making great plays, and you know, it's it's going to end up resulting in losses. And now, to me, it just it it does hit a panic button of. Yeah, they were right. Everybody that was talking about the Eagles, you know, ten and one and, and a fraudulent ten and one team. You know, I hate to say frauds. I don't like to throw that word around too often. But damn, if they don't look just one hundred percent right right now, you know they do. And I, I think it. We have to admit that. Yeah, there were a lot of problems, and I think we've talked about them. But again, we push it aside because they're ten and one and they're winning, so it doesn't really matter. Now it does because you just faced the two best teams in the NFC. Two teams that you're likely going to have to beat on the way to the Super Bowl. And they not only won games, but they made you look like you were like you weren't nearly as good as them. That San Francisco was much better than you. That Dallas is just much better than you. And you talk about swagger. I think just swagger comes with confidence of play and how they're playing. Dak has been the best quarterback in the NFL since week five. He might be the best quarterback in the NFL right now with the way he's playing. And they just continue to play like that. The Eagles aren't. And we're not seeing that kind of play from the Eagles and that kind of confidence because they just haven't played that well. And I I think it's starting to catch up to them. So, yeah, it's just it's to me that, you know, everybody that was saying that the Eagles were kind of fraudulent and there was a lot of luck. They seem right right now. And it's hard not to look at that and kind of look in the past a bit and go, okay, maybe this is all these issues are going to work against them moving forward.
2: Jansen, do you remember what we said a lot when we were doing <clears throat> the union like two years ago when they would yeah. lose, they would look like shit and they would like get it all out of their system and they come back and play like when they lost, they lost badly yeah, and they look terrible. But then they turn around and come come out of it right now. I don't know if you guys are believers of that after a two game stretch in the NFL. Like, are we saying this is a, a flush and cleanse that can that can go? you know, beyond a two-week window, I don't know. I mean, because I think we're all willing to sit there and accept that they got their ass kicked against the Niners and they were due for one, and, you know, the three games in 14 days or whatever it was, right, we can, whatever. But, I mean, they looked kind of the same last night as they did the week before. So I I don't know if people, and I would ask the, the chat, too, I would ask anybody the question, like, do you believe in the idea of getting it out of your system and getting your ass totally kicked now, and hitting the bottom in order to come back up. It, what, it, what it's going to happen is, you know, they're going to clobber the Giants twice. They'll beat Arizona. We'll see what happens in Seattle. They're going to win know, the division
0: and they're going to be the number one seed. Yeah, they but are. you know, they're we're, still we're, good. They're we're, still, we're, still we're, a You good
2: know what I'm saying? Damage. It's like it, it, the last two games do irreparable damage. You know, you're never, it puts that yeah, seed yeah. of doubt in people's heads. And they're not going to, even if they beat yeah. the Giants twice, they beat Arizona. And they, even if they go 4 0 to finish, you're still going to have a lot of people saying, like, well, look what happened when they played the good teams. At the end, of that, I don't think any of what happens in the next four weeks can purge those. those no, falls. because I I don't
1: know, because I, when this kind of stuff happens, like last year for Dallas, it's, it's a good example of Dak Prescott really has not ever been a turnover guy. And the turnovers were just flooding him, interceptions all over the place. Not all of it his fault, but it's just they couldn't get out of that rut and they couldn't figure that out. And it was all ultimately Dallas's undoing. This year, Dak Prescott's not turning the ball over at all. He's playing his best football I think he's ever had. And that it just seems like their year. They seem really good this year. For the Eagles, you know, it's just I don't know how you reverse course. Last year they were great on third downs. Last year they were a great third down defense. They were getting sacks on third down. They were an awesome red zone team. They were great in the second quarter. Now, it's all the opposite. You know, and I don't know how that reverses course. We're what, 14 weeks into the season now. You know, can they change all of their misfortunes in those areas? Because if you lose again in red zone, third down, it's the the biggest downs, the biggest areas that you need to win, especially the turnover battle as well. You continue to lose those, you lose games and they just are losing in those areas over and over again. So I don't know how that changes. You know, I don't think it changes very often for teams. Sometimes it's just not your year. You can't fix those problems. You're so far into the season that those problems just continue to happen and it, it just will never change. I'm at that point right now. I don't know if it changes. They're still a top five team. They're still talented enough to win a bunch of games. And I think Kyle's right. I think they do end up winning winning the division because the schedule does seem in their favor. Dallas has got a tougher schedule. Uh, so I think they win the division. But if we're talking macro level, is this team going back to the Super Bowl? Can they be a championship team again? No. I, I just know. Not with the way that they're playing. And I don't know how that changes.
0: got something?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> when you... I mean, I do think that we have short memories because if you go back to last year and the Super Bowl year, this isn't the best comparison because I know that there were injuries, but they didn't exactly come firing on all all cylinders down the stretch last year. I know Jalen was hurt. He missed the two games. Gardner Minshew comes in. The Saints game was an abomination, but down in Dallas, they scored enough points and we were all complaining about Josiah Scott and Jonathan Gannon and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had to get to the Giants game that they only won by like a score, right? 22 to 16 or 14 or whatever that was this year. And then they clinched the number one seed. Yeah, and we also in 2017, after Carson got hurt, they got throttled <clears throat> in Seattle. And then they came back and they had the abomination of an Oakland game where Nick Foles didn't look that good. either. So, so I don't I, I think I think the point of me bringing that up is that I don't remember a time. God, I can't remember 2004, or two, I mean, 2008, they were shit. And then they came back and went to the NFC Championship game. I don't remember any recent, you know, examples of them just like fi- firing on all cylinders in week 14, 15, 16, 17. You know, they've hit all these kind of bumps along the way. But last year, you know, when they kind of limped to the finish line, they came out and absolutely throttled the Giants in the playoffs. You know, and they throttled the, the Niners, you know. So I, I, I would ask if, if people, if that makes people feel better. I I don't, I don't know if it does, but it's not like, I can't remember a time where they were just like tearing teams apart going into
0: January, you know? I think it's because it's the way they lost and that these are obviously the three best teams in the NFC and they went up against both of them and, 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 lost, um, and the way they lost in it. I think this was a good barometer. Like, you know, we, uh, we're big excuse makers, I feel like, in sports. You know, Saints beat us, but Gardner Minshew was in. Oh, Cowboys beat us on Christmas Eve, but, I mean, you still gave up 34 points to, to Gardner Minshew. Like, there were excuses built into all those losses. Even that 22-16 one, it was Jalen was coming off, you know, being out for first two first to game three back. games. Yeah. And their yeah. First game back. A little yeah. rust and stuff, you know. Yeah. I think it was raining that day as well, too, and stuff. This one is just like... It was, was when I talked about with the with the 49ers. they just put the ball on the ground and they played, and it was your yeah, yeah. it was your team versus my team, and the best team will come out and they'll win, and it wasn't a knockdown drag out fight, in either game. Yeah, it was, it was, an ass was
2: kicking. It was an a tough kicking. kicking. Yeah, and Jansen's right too. By by you know I I know that the defensive line scored more points than the offense did last night, but the defensive line didn't look great. No, offensive line right. didn't look great I think the Eagles' offensive line has been overrated this year. Me too. Um. You know, I think they're just kind of skating by on past reputation, but they have not been amazing this year. Um, Jalen's already at a career high for turnovers, too. You know, and all those turnovers, all three of those turnovers, the same damn thing, all three of the fumbles were the same thing. Guys running in open space and just, you know, getting an arm on them or whatever. They got to come out with the the stupid poles or whatever, you know, this week, and they got to try to bat it out of their hands and do that drill or whatever, you know, so it's stuff that's, you know, c- well, correctable or whatever, but, I, you know.
0: I got something for you guys right now, Craig. I'm gonna drop this in the thing. We uh, we have a Slack chat, and um Danny Small threw this in our in our Slack chat, and it's this Philadelphia Eagles Nation um thing. And they posted this uh, 1223. It's 1227 right now. It was slay coverage stats against the Cowboys, four targets, zero. We don't call them slay by the way we call them dares. Four targets, zero receptions, zero yards, two pass breakups, eighty one point seven game grade. And Danny goes. Darius is going to retweet this. Guess who just retweeted it in those no. four minutes. <laughs> Darius. Sleck. Like that. Like this is insane. But yeah, here it is. If you Craig, if you can go to uh, Darius's profile and bring that up, um, the retweet is right there. I mean, this is like, I hate this guy. I don't hate a lot of guys. I hate this guy for a guy who loves Kobe. The accountability is just, like, not there. The excuses are just all over the place. Like, this guy stinks. And he's, like, aged like milk in the last 365 days. I hate him. There it is. Four minutes ago.
1: Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, God, you should not be retweeting. But the fact that he's always, you know, just in the conversation and, you know, Seth Joyner stuff and now this – I don't know. You don't need to see it during a two-game losing streak. What is that? Pounce of vodka OJ's. Oh, oh, I could go with that. That sounds nice. <laughs> I'm not really a vodka guy though. I'm just beer. Um, but yeah, I just, I just the thing is he didn't play that bad. I actually thought he played pretty well. It was really Bradbury that looked bad and the linebackers that were the biggest issue. But do you really need to be doing that at this no. point? No, Wouldn't it's just like Seth with with- Joyner all week. But this is this is also they just lost two games this poorly so anything any of these guys do or say it's to the point where I'm starting to see even like Jalen Hurts, you know, is is uh, you know, is his leadership good enough? To tell you, stuff like that. It was <laughs> like, no, we see. We don't everything. need those fucking
0: William Shakespeare yeah folks right, on the podium. Right, right. The we don't need the statements. The
1: statements don't work. We need some passion out of Jalen Hurts. We need to see, even though Mahomes shows passion, and for the first time, it, his, his offense is just collapsing in front of him, and he showed passion to the referees, and everybody's like saying that he's they're losing respect for him. So losing, I don't know. That's just what losing does to people. So I, agree I get it. I don't think Darius Lay should, but. It's just losing like this that it makes us frustrated. to the players.
2: I agree with um Peg, and I'm gonna bring Anthony San Francisco on right now. He can join the show. <laughs> I, I agree, I, I agree with, with Peg because it's like after a game like that, you don't want to hear a guy talk about how good he was individually no, or like remind I, people of you know, it's like, well, yeah, we sucked, but let me show you my individual stats real quick. You know, I mean, this so is why I your... took
0: the guy to get a captainship. It took him to like he was like eight, ten, ten years in the league to get the see because of like. Stuff like this, like he threw Josiah Scott under the bus right after that game last year on Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah, All right, yeah. I'm done talking about slay. I want to talk to Ann San Francisco. God, I hate your guts.
3: <laughs> did, did the 49ers do something? Is that why I'm on the show this week?
2: I'm
0: just curious. You, you, we need to get we need to get Ann a new mic for Christmas. I'll set
2: up. I'll work on his settings here. You guys just talk and do the do the show here. I'll t- I'll take care of it. <laughs> I'll take care. Of
3: it. Just so you guys know, I am getting. A new, I am getting a new mic. It does sound nice. good now. It sounds good yeah. now, Pizan. Yeah, I'm getting a new one on it, and it's has nothing to do with me purchasing it myself. It's part of a, uh, a separate contract, but <laughs> there's, some, there's some stuff coming in. <laughs> oh,
0: wow! Kyle Shanahan sending you a new mic? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly who. It Wait, was I, was I I don't know.
1: Is are you are you a San Francisco? Um, John, I, I, I don't say know fan, where. But this, like them at this,
3: this started a year ago when Pagan had me on. Uh, at one point the Eagles I think were either eight0 or not whatever it was it was early in the season and he declared them the greatest Eagles team of his lifetime and okay. and I sat there and Great. said at that time when I was on I was like I think we need to pump the brakes just a second because you know I'm not convinced and this was a you know middle of the season last year that they could beat San Francisco in a game because I thought the 49ers last year were the best team in the NFL well that turned into I'm at San Francisco and everything that's, you know, any, any time that it comes up now between the Eagles and the Mm -hmm. 49ers, I have to be brought in to discuss it. And I was on the week before uh, the 49ers game. I may, may or may not have had a 49ers uh, beanie on uh, in that game or in that interview. Um, But I think that we have now seen after a couple of weeks, yeah, that I'm probably right this year where I wasn't right last year.
1: You're right Johnny, this year. Last Johnny, year, I don't know if you were because the Eagles were very good yeah. and they were top three in like offense. Uh, EP, oh no, they were there's awesome. no question. Yeah. This year's different. San Francisco is San Francisco is the best team in the league. But far. Johnny, and Johnny, can
0: you see him? He's he's leaning into the bit a little bit. Buys the beanie and everything. Yeah, like, I know He, he can't, can't buy uh, the beanie. He, he loves, loves it. for me. He, he loves, loves it. Me like Hal Shanahan it to him. Hal Shanahan sending him a mic and he's sending him beanies.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: and San Francisco can be bought. A big J, by the way, big J, my yeah. can yeah. be bought. Hey, Very Big
1: yeah. J's just like to be right, and I think Ant is and, uh, I think Ant's, I think Ann is right in this circumstance though. Last year, I would have I would have pushed back on that. This year, though, San Francisco's head and shoulders above everybody else. But Did I you, hate the way San Francisco's talked about because Brock Purdy has to be an MVP when he's not even the MVP of his own.
3: Team. He's not. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's the MVP. Christian the McCaffrey's team. so good. He should be the MVP of the league, and the fact that he's not getting discussed in that regard is befuddling to me but that's Brock Purdy
1: got so lucky that when he took over at starting quarterback was around if not the same time that Christian McCaffrey started to get in that offense. He got so lucky that it was just timing that like oh Brock Purdy's great like no the entire offense changed once they got this game breaking running back that has just been one of the best players in the league for now two seasons. So I don't I don't again Brock Purdy's playing really well I don't want to bash him but San Francisco's entire offense and entire Team changed when Christian McCaffrey got there. He's he's the best player in the league right now. Thousand percent, thousand percent. How big was your smile last night when you were
0: watching? I'm sorry. How big was your smile last night when you were watching the uh, Eagles Cowboys game? (laughs) There was no (laughs)
3: smile. No, but the thing. So what it is is I sit here and I say to myself, you know, when we talk about the Eagles and we talk about things being predictable. I mean, the the Eagles offense is about as predictable as coming on this show and you holding the microphone in your hand for an hour rather than having it set up on a a (laughs) mount
0: somewhere. I mean, that's how predictable the Eagles offense is right now. Such a weird thing to get annoyed about. It drives me crazy. It makes no sense why me holding a microphone would drive you crazy
3: like just standing there like with that little thing because he doesn't hand. know
2: what to do with his
0: hands he, what he what feels uncomfortable i like just... to talk with my hands and i like to make things right like and as you move the microphone
1: on. around yeah. and you go in and out and you know well, i level. don't i'm not, don't. i'm not gonna lie i used to like it too i used to have the same microphone i would do the same thing but even if i could with this if i trusted it uh, I would be able to hold it because I, yeah. I don't know. You feel looser, you know, you feel looser. That Anthony, you, you as an Italian
2: and... should respect the fact exactly. that Megan needs to speak with his hands. Not all of us can well, just speak
1: with him. your hands. You don't need to hold
3: the microphone. You move your hands. I'd rather you be animated. <laughs> then sit there, and I think you, you
1: limit yourself a little bit. <laughs> I'm very animated with my hands, too, when I talk. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Exactly. So but anyway. just use it
1: as a light let's no, just talk about know. this
2: for another 30 minutes and, and ignore the game. I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, so here we go. Here we go. So we're going to go right back to Darius Slay. Oh, he's on Twitter. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, I don't know if anyone saw it. Neagle's fan is protesting outside of Novier Complex this morning with fire the Desai sign. Did they bring that guy coffee? two trash cans with no play slay and Bradbury labels on them. And Darius Slay retweets. It goes y'all tough for this one. So he's a full kit wanker. He's wearing a helmet,
2: a Kelly green helmet shirt and shorts. And it's like what it's like 40 degrees down there. He's got to be cold, right?
0: My, my favorite part is he had a, he had it all played out for no play slay on the trash can, but he had nothing creative to write for Bradbury. So all he did was just write Bradbury. (laughs) (laughs) Now rank, rank the following protest. This one, the run the ball,
2: protest from last week and all the people showing up at the falafel restaurant last week
0: right <laughs>
3: no, wait, wait a second wait a second weren't those shorts like popular in like 2002
0: those are definitely shorts yeah. of uh of, a, of an individual who is over the age of
1: 35
2: can i just <laughs> say something real quick one thing one criticism that i do not agree with whenever people have whenever something like this happens like half of the replies are some form of mm-hmm. why don't you just get a job doesn't this yeah. guy have a job or something Maybe he works third shift. Maybe he works second shift. Maybe he's in sports talk radio. I'm and he's not, I'm not knocking his. Shift.
3: I'm not knocking his career. No, well, we know I'm, you I'm are, not, No, no, no. I'm just
2: saying in general. I'm just saying I'm in general.
3: Why he's wearing baggy shorts that like, go below the, don't the don't knee? But people, people don't know
2: that be. people work other shifts. Like, what if, what if a triage nurse worked her fourth overnight in a row of twelve
0: hours? I, I love, love saved, that. I love
1: how Pagan's like, let's, you know, walk a mile in that guy's shoes. All right, understand this, that guy's life.
0: Those are drug dealing shorts. Those are shorts of a drug dealer
1: okay so like- new metal shorts is really good <laughs> new metal shorts is. he looks back. like
0: he listened to corn back
1: in yeah, yeah, yeah 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 still does actually He still does day. he's
2: going to uh, see a uh, mud vein next week yeah. i think <laughs> <laughs> no but for real like people know that other people like what if this guy just got done at the warehouse and he's on his free time and he had some breakfast and he's like i'm gonna go out to novacare i just want people to normalize he's I worked He's, shitty shifts, like not nine to fives, for the first like twelve years of my career. I was there at three in the morning, wondering what I was doing with my life. You know, so not everybody's a lazy. He
1: probably just I turned would, off just, the Uber I would at... just like the uh, the the use of time. I think I could I could criticize.
0: No, this stuff uh, is awesome. I think this. is – I love this shit. I love mud. <laughs> I love the guys who go down and just protest at the beginning of Novacare because like. Then, like, you know, guys are coming in for treatment and everything. Like, you just can't just help, but, like, you're turning into to, like, go get some uh, some rehab and stuff. And you just laugh at this guy. Like, I, I appreciate it, man. Like, that's just – it's something that yeah, but, sets the city but apart. But
1: here's, again, the problem with, you know, the Eagles being and, – and the way Sirianni is and all that. When you start to lose, all that stuff's going to backfire. Like, they just sent the guys coffee last week. Now what are you going to do? Like, do they do they take that guy off? Hey, you can't them coffee,
0: coffee every week. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's kind yeah, of like slippery, you're, you're, slippery up, you're you're setting up.
1: You're setting up yourself yeah. for it to look kind of bad.
0: That's full lunch That's right not. there. You got to go lunch. Full lunch? Full nice. uh to Knicks or, uh, or something. Maybe some catered. They're going to bring some cater stuff from the uh, from the chefs in the Novacare complex.
2: Slippery. It's a slippery slope, man. You know, it's like when when, you know, like Shawler responds to somebody on Twitter and shuts down a report. Well, if he doesn't shut down the next report, does that mean it's true? Right, you know what I'm saying. So now you got to send coffee for for everybody out there. Um, Anthony, are you a believer in the idea of getting it all out of your system, as we were talking about earlier? Do you think they purge it and come back big against uh, Drew Locke or Gino? Look, could could
3: they? Of course <laughs> they could because their their schedule you know lightens up a bit here. But I don't buy the whole. Um, all right, we just had to have a couple bad games. We got to have our system. Everything's going to be fine. Because there's nothing that you've seen from this team over the course of the first thirteen games of the year to make you think that everything's fine with this team or everything's going to be fine with this team. They've struggled against some bad teams. They got you know they had some good fortune, which that you earn your own good fortune, right? good teams make their own good fortune, but they've had some good fortune as well. Um, so they haven't really had what's the most complete game they've played this season? I mean, Miami, Miami's Miami is probably it. I mean, Tampa. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you you're, you got to struggle to really find it, and even in those games, you could probably find a couple of things. You know, even the Miami game, they got a, you know, they got a little bit of help early from the officials, but uh, you know, I, you haven't seen a game like the Eagles had last year where they just went out and kicked the snot out of everybody.
2: Yeah, yeah. Have, or like, 20, or like 2017. You know, they had that stretch of where they got like. Brock Osweiler and C.J. Beathard and Mitch yeah. Trubisky three weeks in a row. And and what did they do? The bad quarterbacks they smashed them. Right. Yeah. So I get it. It's just funny yeah. to me because I, mean, I, when I look when at Sam
3: when Sam Howell's throwing <laughs> the ball against you like he has this year. Yeah, I mean, that tells you a little bit of something. A little bit of worry.
2: It's just funny to me because I look at those three teams: Dallas, San Francisco, Philly. You know, I still think the Eagles have the have the better cluster, the best cluster of of wins, right? The Eagles wins against Miami, Dallas. Oh,
3: they, had t- they had a tougher schedule. That's they had true.
2: a tougher schedule, but you know Miami, Dallas, um, you know KC, Buffalo. I mean Dallas's best wins are against the Eagles and the Seahawks, both at home. San Francisco's best win is the Eagles on the road. You know, and Dallas, um, they beat Dallas, and then crushed days. Dallas at home. Yeah, but I just there's more. It's it's crazy to think too that that they that they don't. Yeah, I mean when you put those those two ideas and juxtapose them next to each other, it's like how can we be like out on this team when you look at like their comprehensively what they've done over the season because it's just not passing the smell test. And like just speaking direct, because I did have like two or three people in my mentions last night who were like, you should apologize to Seth Joyner. I'm like, let's, let's clear something up here. Nobody was saying that the Eagles were some perfect team or some juggernaut or that they didn't have issues or that they were just like nobody's saying that. Like who 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 in the world was saying that? Everybody knew they had issues. Everybody knew that there was stuff that they have to improve. You know, I'll, I'll 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 tell you what,
3: and I don't know if you got a chance to listen to Seth on the WIP Morning Show this morning, but I, I did think he said something that I missed that one. I did I did think he said finally he said something that was prescient. <laughs> um, he didn't it, just say the run the ball. That well, no, 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 no. It had nothing to do with the the Eagles themselves. It had more to do with us as people who talk about the Eagles oh, no. uh, and, yeah. and he included himself in it and he, he took responsibility for it as well. So that's why I thought it was, it was really kind of surprising and, and, you know, whatever, but he said that we, we've gotten to the point where those of us in the media who talk about sports, especially on a local level really have gotten away from the ability to offer criticism. Everything has become a little bit too rah, rah. So we've built, teams up only to be let down and i think that that's fair i do think i think we do that in, in general like but I there's think a it,
2: distinction that needs to be drawn between the idea of being fanboys and saying that there's nothing wrong with this team it's all sunshine and rainbows versus combating the over overt negative negativity that we get all the time well, yeah but and i think over- my message was was like when i go on yeah. twitter and I, I stare into the microphone or stare into the camera for two minutes and talk and then put it up on crossing broad all I was saying is like hey man they don't go you know eight and one or nine at one very often like try to enjoy, at least try to enjoy it you know because you sure. can be a grump grumpy motherfucker and not, not enjoy any of this correct or you can at least try to enjoy it while acknowledging yeah they have issues no nobody not a single person was sitting there saying that Oh, the Eagles are in great shape perfectly fine there's no issues nothing yeah, to worry there, but I'll tell you but I'll tell you
3: there are things that, that bothered me like uh, like the whole seal like example perfect example it's the whole sealski writing the column about brock purdy thing right and i know <laughs> you guys talked about that last week but the point is is that that used to be a regular thing in in every market in america where the local newspaper did a preview of some sort or a feature of some sort on the visiting team yeah. or on a player from the visiting team it made you understand the opponent a little bit better because because we got to remember we grew up in a time where we didn't have the access to watch every team every game right and so this was kind of a cool thing to say yeah you know what you know that you learn a little bit of something about the other team but th- but everybody people got all, all bent over, out of shape they thought it was... over that story yeah, yeah. because of you know for a variety of reasons that were that
1: were just ridiculous <laughs> were totally i don't he, think he, it just missed the mark for me you know. I, I think the the, the, the reaction okay, the reaction to it like I think was a bit much, but uh I do think it was a very like um it, the timing of it was weird because it's like this mm-hmm. whole Brock Purdy's like this all of a sudden, you know, biggest underdog story. Like that was last year. Like this is a completely different year. Brock Purdy's been playing how many games? Like, I don't know. It just missed the mark for me. There wasn't anything really. Now, you know what all a better example
2: though. might be? Anthony is like when Jalen hurts, you know, because Jalen comes from the Nick Saban school of rat poison or whatever. So like every couple of press conferences, there's some question that he kind of shuts down or he says, where are we going with this or whatever? And then a bunch of like fans go into like, yeah, he fucking shut down the media. The media stinks. You know, they're yeah. trying to get something out. I'm like, this is really just innocuous questions. But, yeah, it's right. I mean, we do – I think fans and media have certainly trended. I mean, look, we did a standing ovation for Trey Turner, right? I mean, that tells you all you need to know about I'll tell how you, fans last view, night, view last the player night, versus how they used to, you know?
3: Last night I flip on – after the game's over, I flipped on NBC Sports and I'm watching the post game. you know, Barkan and his band of renown. And it's just driving me nuts to sit there and listen to Jaworski, who I used to like, who I used to think Jaworski was a really good analytical mind when he was doing like the national stuff. To now sit there and, and bitch and complain about we didn't do this and we're not this and we we need to be better at that and whatever. And it's like, Ron, it's like come on, man. Like you're 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 butt hurt over the loss. Don't be that. Just analyze it. That's what they're paying you for. They're paying you for, paying you to analyze the game, not to sit there and be, uh, you know. Oh, I'm a member of the of the team, and we and we didn't do that. And Barrett Brooks has been that way forever. But I mean, whatever. It just it just drives me crazy that that kind of mentality exists in the in in what we do. And, you know, and I'm not saying everybody's that way, but I mean, it's it it has taken over the way we talk about sports, and it drives me absolutely insane. That's yeah, my old man and, on the cloud thing right now.
1: Yeah, and I brought that up earlier. It's like all this stuff that all the analysts, you know, nationally or you know, mm-hmm. all, all these guys at different various websites when it comes to analytics and stuff like that. We're all saying like, hey, uh, caution, Eagles might not be that good. And you know, everybody's just like pushing it away. No, 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 they're ten to one. They're fine. There's no way that that bit of analysis can be any good when they keep winning. And of course, it it kind of looks that way now. So yeah, I think you're right a bit that we, um, we sometimes, and even I was a bit of fault for this just because I was the same way I was like, hey, they're 10 and one, you could fix this stuff, and maybe they just can't. And you know, maybe all the all the caution that was being said about the Eagles and you know, there there might not be the team that they seem like right now. Uh, it seems like they're right and maybe we should be taking that kind of analysis and using that more instead of just and, and a lot of it once they I've saw it all the time every single person you know you see it on Twitter is just like oh you wrong your numbers are terrible how can you even say that they're 10 and one but you know, it's it's hard not to say that they're they're not right in this circumstance and that maybe we should be um, taking into account I, those things more.
2: I think, too, Anthony, it's I think Seth got burned because he came out two weeks ago and he said, you know, like, you know, you just got to give credit to this team for the way that they win. And the national media needs to give. Yeah, you know, he was doing the negativity routine for like the first nine weeks. And then he finally gave it up.
0: So i was done criticizing
2: it. these guys. I'm done criticizing them. Yeah, and then when he gave it up, they went on a two-game losing streak where they got their asses kicked. Like, oh, so I think shit, he
0: was- I knew I should have stayed on the line. <laughs> no,
2: thinking about that. He's, probably, he's probably so mad. He's like, man, if I just held out one more week, I could have kept kept doing these.
1: I don't know. I, I just, it, it doesn't seem like, I don't know, maybe this is a criticism of just Philly media, and, you know, I, I, I'm i seeing it because while the gambler, like our station, by the way, Fox Sports, the gambler, while, while there is an emphasis on, you know, the Eagles and, of course, Philly sports, you know, we take a look at everything, so it is like, we are able to at least take ourselves out of it a little bit and kind of get this like clear picture of not just the Eagles, but the rest of the league. And I feel like Philadelphia sometimes has a hard time um, taking that kind of analytical approach. You know, it's why Gabe Kapler was so far. Nobody cared about him and, you know, analytics just doesn't seem to play well. The, the, my problem with Seth Joiner is the analysis just always seems to be like run the ball. Like, Okay. Yeah, no, I, why? I, I, like there, there's, yeah. there's more to this than just that. I mean, tell us why they aren't running the ball well, or why they don't seem to be running the ball. You know, there's just, there, there's never this approach of like why things are happening. It's just like, well, you got to do this. You have to run the ball. Uh, you have to, you know, you have to be unpredictable if you're Brian Johnson, but like, how do you become unpredictable? How do you run the ball better? You know, how do you do all these things better? And to me, the answer is just starting to become clear. I don't know if any of these guys are playing well, and I don't know what the answers are and they just might not be, that great it's still a good team i would say still a top 5 to 7 team in the league and that's a really good place to be but I, at some point you just got to admit you know maybe they aren't this great amazing team and there's a yeah, lot well, of I, I, I have a bigger
3: bigger problem with the fact that they, you know than with the eagles offense than the fact that they don't run the ball it, it, it's i just think it's, it's i everything. think it's i think it's very predictable like you see, you know exactly what's coming by the way they line up
2: do you remember anthony with the key to the first dallas game was last year when they just cooked them like, do you remember the, like the one strategic caveat from that? They just optioned the shit out of Michael Parsons all yeah. game. World. They yeah. Yeah. That's them unblocked and they just optioned the hell out of him. And like the RPO zone read, you know, family of plays or whatever just hasn't been there this year for the last however so, many games I mean, so how many janky how many janky pools and reads have you seen in like the last couple of weeks yeah, well, kind of leaving well, let, me, there,
3: let, let me throw something at you though kev i mean let's go back a little bit you remember when you know uh the wildcat was a big deal in the nfl right mm-hmm. everybody was doing it and nobody could figure out how to stop it, right well now defenses are always going to figure stuff out they're always going to adjust they're always going to find it, it take some time sometimes but you know rpo is maybe not as effective now because defenses have figured out how to play it that doesn't mm-hmm. mean you can't do it it just means that you can't just make that the staple of your offense because then it becomes predictable so what you need to do is you need to incorporate it into your <laughs> offense but there needs to be other stuff the fact that the eagles don't put anybody in motion they don't get to de- keep the defense moving they yeah. allow you to play man to man pretty much every time out and they don't they don't help the line in any regard so anytime there's a blitz it's just like all right well Jalen will figure it out he'll get away from the pressure and he'll make a play downfield there's no hot reads yeah. or there's right? no I mean, there's,
2: easy dump off because right. the, because the dump off is his feet and just getting the hell out of there right right and
3: so like so th- to me that there's it's th- the offense is lacking nuance For lack of a better term, and that if you add some of these wrinkles in, you could go back to the RPO, which is your which is your best stuff, and have it work because teams aren't sitting there
2: keying on it the
3: entire time. Yeah,
2: I don't like how they've. uh, Sometimes I would just love if they would just line up under center and just hand the ball off, you know, because I think sometimes with these like these these reads and these janky exchanges, they don't really get. Downhill, They're running everything out of the shotgun. It's like, am I getting the ball? Am I not getting the ball? Okay. And then you're like a step behind before there's penetration in the line. You know, the one play that I really, really like that they've been running the last couple weeks. Actually, it didn't work last night, believe it or not. But, you know, they line up with like a split back or two split backs or something like that. And they have two options written into it. So they have the read with the back where they read like the linebacker or somebody and they pull it. and They can either hand it to him or they can pull it. And then they get Dallas Goddard or somebody else coming across the formation you know, or then they hit him on the flat for like three yards or four yards or something like that. Dallas had it covered last night. But when you build in like a second level to the option where it's not just some basic Rich Rodriguez zone read where it's like he's going to stand there, I'm going to hand the ball off or not. I mean, it's it just like I saw Jansen nodding because it was like, I just feel like a lot of these reads and, and, and pulls and gives have just not been clean. Um, nice. I mean, we had, the, we had the thing like two weeks ago where Hertz double clutched with Gainwell, nobody knows what the hell that was. That looked like it was Hertz issue. Like almost like he forgot the play because Gainwell felt it in there. And then when he pulled it out, he just kept going. He wasn't ready for it to come back in the bread basket. You know, and like the RPO, he threw the interception actually, because he made the right read, but the guy was just bearing down on him and he couldn't just, he couldn't throw it over him, you know? So you're right, man. I think they've taken away. A, I think defenses are playing that a lot better. You know, they're definitely staying home. And then like they've, they figured out the timing of, of how he reads it as well, whether it hold or whether the crash and, you know, because most of their running game is, is the shotgun stuff where it comes out of options or comes out of reads. Like, yeah, you'd, sometimes you'd love to see them just Derek Henry it and put, you know, or put Kyle friggin Ushik there and just hand it to Christian McCaffrey and run behind Trent Williams. You know, it's like the Eagles don't do that because their running game is such a like finesse. Looking
1: well, their running game shit. is just RPO. That's all it is. Their running game is always our RP- and the, I think one of the biggest problems is that Hertz is just not running the ball as well. Whether it's knee, whatever the case may be, no, or no. there's a conscious effort for him not to take hits, uh, because he he took an RPO, he he kept the ball and what he slide behind the line of scrimmage like a yard behind. That I don't even it, know like if that, like if you, that was. If
2: that just looked like a bit, like a like a zone read where he followed the the running back or something. Yeah, I don't even think there was a passing. Yeah, I, I have
1: no idea what that play was, but yeah. I, I think it is. It's part of that where the it's one part of the option, uh, isn't much of a threat anymore, and that's that's hurts no. running. And so yeah. you're taking away that threat, and then also I think Hertz is just making the wrong read at times too. No, it's it, the RPO stuff. I, I think it's just it doesn't have to go. It's a big part of their offense, but they have to add some of the wrinkles in. And to right. me, the easiest part of this is like get under center and just start handing the ball off, you know, like a, a regular running play and you yeah. and just to have your offensive line instead of trying to to block in this run pass option blocking scheme, just block downhill. You know, just be able to block like that. Yeah, it's I annoying. Think that's Cookie when you can have start to, hold to see Cam Jurgens and, and Landon yeah. Dickerson kind of thrive in, in spots that they're not thriving at the moment. But that's, you know, and they have the running back to do that. They have Rashad Penny, who is this traditional running back who works well out of the backfield like that. But they just don't. It, it's RPO. It's always going to be RPO. And I, I think it's, it's hurting them a lot in the running game.
2: Anthony, people want to know about the monkey that's sitting on.
1: The I finger. know Ford keeps asking. It's not a monkey.
2: So that's why it's like I would have addressed
3: it sooner. It's Maria's got her Christmas decorations up. It's a gingerbread man and gingerbread woman. Like, if I, it's a gingerbread gingerbread man, okay. It's not a monkey, everybody in the chat,
0: yeah. There's two of them, yeah. What'd you guys think about Patrick Mahomes' comments after the game? I thought it was ridiculous, man. like, I mean,
3: the rule is the rule, they got it right. And and the fact that both Mahomes and and Andy, I thought was even worse. Yeah, I mean, you have time to look at the play after the fact, right? And 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 see it on replay and say, okay, maybe we got a little emotional about it. All right, well, we'll have to talk about it, but you know, take a little bit of ownership in it. And say, hey, well, you know, that's not something we that used to be called all the time. They're obviously calling it more this year, whatever. Blah blah blah. blah. But I mean, he he Tony lined up. beyond the ball i mean he was so offside it was ridiculous to sit there and yell and complain about it after you watch the replay i don't know i think that that you want to talk about a team that i think is in in a little bit of i think they're in a worse shape than the eagles are oh hell yeah yeah the the eagles have a better chance of getting better to super bowl than the chiefs do I, I I agree 100%. Thank you. I, 100%. I, 100%. I
1: I I think you might be right, but also it's just the Mahomes thing is is always going to be Mahomes. Like as long as he's on the field, he has a chance to win those games. And sure, I wouldn't be surprised. But yes, I think their issues are much larger. They don't have a wide receiver. They have zero. Yeah, and just, I mean that's that's what it was to me. I think it was more frustration that the offense wasn't doing well, and he had to put it on someone. Like if he if he's there blasting Tony, you know, I I think that also sends a wrong message. Like he's he's blaming it at the ref, and in their defense and not that I want to be so defensive about Kansas city and their defense. That is the first time that has ever been called on a, an Andy Reid offense. The first time that penalty has ever been called. And usually, you know, we, we know this, you know, the referees will tell them, Hey, you're lining. You're not lining up. Right. This one was so egregious though. I get why they called it. I think they should have called it all that stuff, but it's, it is, it is something that doesn't happen very often. So I would see why they would be upset, but also, Like you have more problems than just your guy lined up off sides. Like there there needs to be more of an internal thing more than external and trying to blame referees and things like that. Uh, And that was the first time the frustration boiled over to the point where they weren't pointing at themselves. They were pointing outside of themselves and going. Let me let me ask you guys
3: let me ask you guys this. As bad as things are looking right now in Kansas City, you know, they're really struggling a lot too. Does that take a little bit away from the Eagles victory over them? Um you could make an argument for it. Um, Just asking. I, I'm not saying that it, I'm not saying that it definitely does. I mean, you I'm can. The, the
1: win doesn't the win is not as impressive as it would have been like last year or previous years yes yeah I think I think we could take away because look they they were it, it was a road game they went a lot in Kansas City Mahomes doesn't lose like back-to-back games all that kind of stuff whatever you can say about Kansas City but yeah it's different like this this team is not nearly as good as they were in previous years. So we can kind of throw all that stuff out.
0: Well, the bills are kind of on fire now. Does that make the bills are a great win?
1: But that's, that was one. Again, that was one that was a caution of the bills play better than the Eagles and -hmm. the bills just kind of had this while the Eagles were having this great luck, the bills just weren't. And the bills didn't have this luck and they were losing games that they shouldn't have lost all this stuff. So that's, that's what, I don't know. It's a great win on paper. It's an amazing win. And I think Buffalo Buffalo uh-huh. to me is one of the better teams in the AFC. They just don't have the record to say it. I think they're a top three team in the A's.
3: I agree with John. I think that that was that, that was a better win of of all the, of the three wins here. You look at the Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo. The one that's most impressive to me is Buffalo.
2: Well, they came back Even from the largest Dallas. deficit I think in that one, right? It's Seventeen to seven at halftime. <clears throat> yeah, a lot yeah. of resilience in that one. But I mean, yeah, you know, if anything, it just amplifies that you know Kansas City's been shooting themselves in the foot, right? I mean, what was the story that that people made up after the Eagles game? They dropped five passes or whatever. Valdez Scantling had a touchdown there, whatever. Travis Kelsey fumbled. So, yeah, it only just makes it louder to say that, like, Casey lost the game and the Eagles didn't win it, you know. But let's just, like, boil it down to a very big macro thing here again. You know, isn't it crazy to you to sit here to think that it's December 11th right now? The Eagles are 10-3 and coming out of the hardest stretch that they've had, and people are, like, jumping off the ship.
3: Well, because they stink. <laughs> yeah, I get it. And, and, and you, you can and, and this is a, this is a, something that we do all the time, right? Because I, I you know, you always say, well, if you told me at the beginning of the season, this is where they'd be. You take it right. And of course, you would. Of course, you take 10 and three right now. But I, I just think it's it's easy to say that. But when you see that the way that they've played over the past five to six weeks and you sit there and go, I feel a lot less confident about this 10 and three than I would have if, say, they lost the first two of the first three and then won nine out of ten, right? And then I feel a lot better about ten and three. Um, I just think it's the way that it's gone. Um, So that's why I don't – yeah, you take it, and they're probably still going to win the division, and there's a chance that they still are the number one seed. Plus 170. I mean, I, look, I I don't I'm not a big believer in Baltimore. I kind of w- I watched a lot of that game yesterday with Baltimore and the Rams, and the Ravens are not as impressive as a lot of people are talking about. I don't think they're no. the best team in the AFC. As a matter of fact, I think both might no, and that's and the toughest are,
2: game. That's the toughest game that San Fran has. Yeah, left. But I but Miami and Buffalo are both
3: better, but I think that's the toughest yeah. game San Fran has left on their schedule.
2: Yeah, because Dallas Dallas has to go at Buffalo at Miami um, home against they, Detroit. Detroit and then they get Washington also on the road, right? So I see yeah. another loss for Dallas and their San Fran. I don't know. If they had to play the right. Ravens in Baltimore, that'd be one thing, but I don't I don't know what losses on San Fran's schedule. And yeah, that's that's the toughest one. But I still yeah. think the
3: Eagles are going to be your, you're going to be the number 2 seed at worst in my mind. You still could be number 1, but at worst you're going to be number 2. You're going to play a bad team in the first round at home. So yeah. you're probably going to win that game. And then the question is, can you beat Dallas if they come in or if it's or if, if if there's not an upset of the you know if Detroit doesn't get upset because I, I think Green Bay in all honesty is a team the way that they're playing right now is probably yeah Jordan loves six
1: yeah Jordan loves improvement yeah they get to the
3: number they get the number six seed and then they play <laughs> Detroit they could beat Detroit in Detroit again and then all of a sudden Green Bay ends up in San Francisco and then if you're the Eagles you're hosting Dallas in a divisional playoff and then the question is are you winning that game and that's where it comes down to it. Can you beat Dallas and San Francisco in
0: back-to-back weeks in the playoffs? I don't know if you can. Is the number two seed the play this year? If everything shakes out the way it should shake out, because that means San Francisco would get the number five seed, which is probably they're going to beat the NFC South. Yeah, but
3: I mean, you got you're, you're what you're assuming there is you're you're assuming that Detroit fact, is is going to win a game, is going to win their playoff. You remember last year? Did anybody expect the Giants to win that first round game in, in Minnesota?
0: Yes, I mean, uh, yes. I was calling Vikings frauds the entire. Well, they were frauds, but the Giants were bigger. Just, just big no, nobody
3: fraud, thought yeah. that they were going to. Yes, yeah, the
0: mean. Giants. The Giants <laughs> took them to overtime four weeks sooner. Two yeah. frauds. Two okay. frauds. So. Though there, there were two fraud teams. You asked yeah, the I question. Mean, I'm answering, and now you don't. You, you're, you're taking. You're, <laughs> but it's the same pattern. It's what
3: I'm trying to say to you. It's the same pattern. So you're going to have a you're going to have a three six matchup that the, the the six seeds got a really good chance of beating the three, and if they do, they play the one.
0: Yeah, I'd rather take those odds where I'm in the second seed, and I get I get the Detroit Lions in the second round, and I'm matching up with whoever. You're ers Niners with the Detroit Cowboys Lions. beating the piss out of each other. Yeah, you're I would say
1: you're ho- you're, right you're, right you're, right you're hoping for Detroit right now.
0: That's you're, fine. You're Dan Campbell's
1: to gonna bite some kneecaps. He's doing okay over
3: there. Which, by the way, here's the question, and this is an NFL question: Do they need to change the the playoff format in the sense that you don't you're not guaranteed a you can win your division, you're in the playoffs, but you're not guaranteed a home game. So, in other well, words, I, I think they have the go... South team should not be a four seed. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Whatever their record ranks, right? It should be
0: like the NBA where they go by record. Yes. I agree with that. There's and, too, many, that there's would, too I... many instances where, like, even even in the NFC East, where eight, eight, seven, eight, nine win teams are getting a home game, which is ridiculous.
3: Yeah, you, yeah. what's what's going to end up happening with a 17 playoff and four divisions is the the top wild card team. Is more often than not going to be one of the best teams in the conference and have to play a road game and then play the best team left the second yeah. time around. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's not right. And you're ending up with a, a weaker opponent in a championship game. I think it hurts the league ultimately. If things don't play out one versus two, if somebody but that's not a one or a two advances to the conference championship game, you're weakening your, your possible matchups. Mm-hmm. So I think the NFL needs to fix that.
2: I agree. Ant. I just want to know what we're supposed to do for the next four weeks. Are we supposed to just be fucking miserable? Should I go jump? No,
0: no, 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 no. You're going to yeah. You're gonna buy back in. All right. We're all going to buy back in. They're gonna go I'm now. never in or out. I'm if the, I do I'm buy, I, it's not friend. that I'm
1: completely out, but like I think we do have to be like cautiously bought in now. Yeah, I, at least that's the yeah. way I look at it.
0: This is what I look at it as I think they win the division. I think they win the number one seed, but I think they died in Arlington, Texas last night. I think the spirit well, died, then how are they going to win the I think the they're getting one? they're carried on by their spirit right now. Their spirit of the, of the 2023 Eagles are carrying them through the next four games. They're going to go to the NFC championship and they're going well, the to
3: get. So you honestly think that they're going to win out and the 49ers are going to lose a game. So you, don't, you honestly mm-hmm. believe that. Yeah, I, I think that there's more uh, more of a chance of San Francisco losing a game than the Eagles winning out. How
0: about that? Who is your loss? Next week? Well, I think next week could be a loss. I'll honestly. head right to the Betsy Ross. I mean, it could be. I mean, look, put, put it in perspective. It's the season for Seattle. I mean, they haven't won against Seattle in 15 years.
3: I couldn't believe that stat was real. No, but, the, but the, it's it's Seattle season in a lot of ways. They can't afford to lose next week, Seattle. They're still in the playoff. They're a game out of a playoff spot. They can't afford to lose. It's like they're, you're going into their stadium, tough place to play anytime, no matter how what Seattle's like as a team and they got to win they have to win to kind of stay in this thing i mean it's it's do or die for the seahawks not necessarily for the eagles even if even though you you know you want the win and you need the win yeah I think but that's, they got much in the mouth yeah, two I, weeks in a row I, man i mean like, that
1: that desperate attempt though was that dallas game they played really well that's the best they've looked all season and they still did win that game so yeah. like i i think at some point and look drew Locke might on be the first, on start a thursday
0: day. though john keep that in mind dk metcash should be suspended but that was a, no, be. but that was
1: no, but
0: uh and that was a full that was a full week. Remember, because they played on Thursday night, the uh, the night before or the week before. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. You're yeah, right. that was DK
2: shouldn't all. be suspended. I
0: mean, Fred Warner pushed No, DK it should be suspended. I don't know who the Eagles play next week or the Seahawks Seattle yeah, play. Yeah, next I week. Yeah, I get it's it. I
2: get it. it. It's a Homer <laughs> thing. I know, but it's like, come on. That whole sequence was so corny. That's
0: Joyner's yeah. rolling over in his wherever he is it's also just, as you, you know, pointed right out now.
2: and other people pointed out san francisco had a non-player personnel member enter the field of play and touch somebody so
1: oh, yeah this know. this dom thing is the most Shut biggest up. what are you that nothing burger it's really nothing <laughs> yeah, it is, it, maybe it maybe nothing find burger. but like
2: you're killing know. pagan's yeah. bit here pagan is all about the free down uh, the bit.
1: oh yeah i'm <laughs> what bit? it's I I, I agree. Like it, I'm I'm talking about nothing. That the NFL is making this such a big deal when it's really yes. Thank you. It's It's just nothing. When we look back on this,
0: in like six months, we're just gonna be like, they actually suspended a security official, like that has nothing to do with the game from the, the the sidelines in Dallas. Like it. It makes no sense.
1: Well, uh, well let's no, just say, what if it was a I'll court? You, what if it was like uh, somebody on the staff other than the head of security? And let's just say it was like, Brian. If Dunn, it was Ted Rath. He's pulling 11, these guys apart. Gets, I'll tell you where my problem it makes, is. Dom is on the sideline at that spot for a yeah. reason. Like he is part of the sideline for the Eagles. And so like, I don't know. I don't know how you could say I'll that. I'll tell
3: you where it makes sense from a league perspective. I mean, obviously we're caught up in it because it's here in Philly. But it makes sense from a league perspective because if you don't do anything, if you don't if you don't adjudicate this, teams will run. You run the risk of having your teams employ
0: I know, I people
3: to go that. onto the sideline to just intentionally try
0: and rile up. Now a, you're doing a, a, like strategic players. warfare. Like there are some coaches. Like I don't know if you know who Duran is actually. Hello, Belichick has done this. He's he got
3: caught cheating. Coaches will try to cheat in sports. It happens. The Houston Astros did it. Teams cheat in sports. Yes. They will do whatever they can. So, if you give them that opportunity to do so, they will do so. So, from a league perspective, I can understand why they would want to curb it. Um, is it. Did it get blown out of proportion? It did. But I can, from the league, since it did get blown out of proportion, the league has to respond to prevent other teams from doing the same, something similar.
0: Fair. I just, that was such behind the scenes technology that like we'd never even heard of kind of cheating. This is like in your face, like on the sideline, kind of like cheating. Like this would be, this would be like Mike Tomlin putting his leg out there to try to stop that, that kick returner from running yeah. down the sideline. Like this, this, this is, we're, we're, we're getting into like an area of like insane possibilities that like, it's not insane. Fat Tony gets hired by the Eagles, and he's it's just there insane. to be an important
3: – Look at what teams do. Does it surprise you anymore when teams – Look at what the what Michigan and the Big Ten and everything else that took place there. Does any of that surprise you? Teams are always looking for an edge. I They're understand always
0: that. That's, once cheating. again, behind-the-scenes cheating. We're they talking about a it. big, massive dude on a sideline that'd be it like, hey, not to be a
3: big, massive dude. It could be the freaking ball boy if they wanted to be. You see what I'm sure. saying? And it could be sure. anybody.
0: Okay. The all right. Body. Great. Great. All right. Um. Uh. Sean Desai, here's your game plan. Um. All right. Brian Johnson, here's your game plan. Uh. Jimmy. Jimmy Harrison over here, ball boy guy. You go after Fred Warner. Okay. We're gonna need you to take <laughs> Fred. Fred Warner comes to the sideline. You get right up in his fucking face. It like, you know sounds th-
3: stupid.
0: It sounds stupid. Do you know that the
3: Phillies once had a situation where they had uh, a guy who was a really good bunter, and they Johan go- Rojas. No, what they what they did, he can't bunt worth a damn. Um, what they did was, is they had for home games, they put more chalk down the third base line, so that when the ball would be bunted, there would be a chance that it would roll and just kind of hit that mound of mm-hmm. chalk and stay fair, as opposed to going over the mound and going foul. The Phillies it's did that cheating. The Phillies did this. They it's should be all be
0: penalized That's and in jail.
3: What what this happens Genius. all over the place. This is they, teams will find any conceivable thing in their head to say. Let's try that if that will help us
0: win, we will do it. All right, now you're starting to convince me that the game plan was Big Dom was always supposed that's to go after Greg
2: plan
1: No, I don't know if that's you a game plan. But what I what I think he's trying to say is you're like trying to prevent that from happening, and if Correct. Dom is. A, But I don't don't think you're necessarily going to prevent any of that. If like making an example out of Dom, I just think really it should have just been said, Hey, your head of security, he shouldn't be treated like a guy that's just supposed to be at that spot on the sideline, just Mm -hmm. move him back or something like don't. Right. Because the problem with me is the Eagles, if this is an issue to where that, that personnel, that part of their, their team shouldn't be involved in that stuff. Then why is he standing on the sideline there? He Mm -hmm. is part of the team and it happened literally right in front of him. So it's not like he ran over from the back. From like where close to like where the bleachers are, and like ran all the way right. up and right. got into it. Like he was right there, so he just broke it up like every other coach would do. I think in that circumstance, or every mm-hmm. other player, whoever was involved. Yeah. It's just that the NFL makes an example uh, of you, you guys. On, you guys have been on high school football sidelines,
0: correct? Nope, never been on one. I was always in the stands. Never played high school football. Look really? At me. So these so B- two out. haven't done any big J stuff in their entire big, lives, man. Big, I know. No, no, no,
1: had, no, I, I did. I was on football side. I did a bunch. Okay. Of the high so school you know stuff. that they have. They have a
3: secondary box that the, the players who are not playing have to be behind this line and within this box. So you can't be up closer to the sideline, right? Mm-hmm. That's all this would take is say anybody who's a non-coach or non-player has to be behind this area and cannot go across it. That's a very simple thing to do. And you could find people for doing it. You have video of the sideline at all times. You could, the, the league can monitor it. It could mm-hmm. be, a, it could be a fine that we never hear about in public. But that they that they assess in their memos that they send out to the teams each week. That's the easiest way to go about it. Of course, this got blown out of proportion. But that's the simple solution to say, okay, you want to have those kinds of people on your sideline, go right ahead. They just got they just can't be past a certain point on the sideline, or you get fined. Very simple.
0: It's fine by me. And if I should have had that rule implemented,
3: it should have been there to begin. It's not, with. Like,
0: Dom, it's not like Dom's not six foot six, three fifty. I mean, he sticks out on the sideline; you can see him. So it's like, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe for the last 17 years, 18 years of Eagles football, they should have sent a memo saying like, Hey, can you get the big, uh, paisan? Can you get the big paisan back? So it doesn't get involved in anything. We're kind of scared of him. Um, it's not yeah, a big, I just told.
1: It's not like anybody told him, or an official, or even Nick yeah. Sirianni, or anybody saw Big yeah. Dom where he was sitting on the side. He probably stands there all the time at that spot yeah, on the side. Stay there all the time. And nobody went, "Oh, he shouldn't be there." Like have him, right. have him go somewhere else. He was supposed to be where he was, and I don't know. It's just yeah. a big deal yep. out of him getting involved when any other person, whoever it was, would have been involved. You and know it what? It nothing. He broke it up, and it's fine.
0: You know what? mean? What's that, Kyle? I bet Monica Sellers wishes she had a Big Dom. <laughs> and at that. We will be talking to you on Wednesday. (laughs)